Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Mark and Sarah talk about songs. They talk, talk, talk about, talk about songs. That theme song tells the truth. We do indeed talk about songs. Welcome to episode 156 of Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs. I am your co-host, Mark Blankenship, and with me, as ever, is the glubianaceous... What? It means good. <laughs> Just trust me. Sarah debunting. Hello, Sarah. Hello. Uh, I assume that's not a pejorative, but who could say? Um, <laughs> it's today, an encomium, I promise. Encomium, encomium. I mean, look, uh, everything. And by the way, encomium is the first thing, you know, like that first poo that a baby has, which is actually like mycomium. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always say encomium <laughs> first. So there are a lot of ways in which up is down. In uh, this episode, uh, today we're talking about a couple of tracks from the co-op uh, cast album as featured in IFC's satirical series documentary now exclamation point. Uh, this episode was from earlier this year. We actually talked about the whole season on another podcast I'm on, Extra Hot Great. Uh and I got a promotional email like around the 4th of July saying that they were releasing this cast album like for real, um, even though it's a parody. Uh, at the end of July, the day it was available, I downloaded it. Um, my feelings about musicals generally are well known. My feelings are these, uh-uh, usually. But uh, for that reason, I really love talking about them uh, generally, but also specifically on this podcast, because I kind of enjoy unpacking my feelings about them and sometimes realizing that I actually like them more than I think I do. <laughs> but I wanted to talk about this particular um, collection of songs. It's only six songs um, because I it is fascinating to me. Like, first of all, documentary now exclamation point comes from like there's a there's a different sort of genre or specific documentary or documentarian um, sent up in each episode. And the concept as, uh, as boiled down by Andy Warhol and others that you can't send up what you don't have down mm, has mm-hmm. never been more embodied than in this show, which deeply loves the genre like a family member Um, including all of its flaws and pretensions. So you have a, you have like a documentary that's like, uh, it's a documentary about loving documentaries, even as it's about a specific kind of documentary. And then in this particular one, which I don't want to use the word parody because I feel like that's a meaner term than this project intends for its topics. This is a um, uh, reimagining or examination, uh, gently poking fun at the company album and project. And uh, I've seen that. I've seen the documentary now version. And this is this is an extremely slender, uh, like moving tightrope that this has to be up on because it's satirizing this documentary and documentaries and musicals and this musical 
and other musicals and the behavior of people who make musicals. And, and yet it loves all of these formats so deeply um, that it, it like the, the rendering of it is pitch perfect. If you'll forgive the expression. I pulled a clip from a song called my home court. The background of this is like, it's called co-op. So you get the gist like there's a song from the doorman's perspective and there's like the big closer where they're all in the elevator and elevator. it's going up and there's all this like elevator business it's a very like new yorky new york real estate like niche thing that somehow manages to be very relatable still um there's the song about the holiday party Slash, I did a little cocaine tonight. We will get to it. But My Home Court, sung by Renee Lee Goldsberry, beautifully, uh, is talking about, like, she's this woman who's trying to get into the co-op, and she's a tennis pro, and there's all these, like, I mean, y- you'll hear. Here, Here's a clip, and then we'll talk about it more. I'm a pro down at the bubble. I teach tennis for my pay. I don't mean you're bored much trouble, but may I join this game of doubles? Can I play if I can pay? You'll have questions with some top spin, and my answers may be lobs. But if you serve, then I will volley, and we'll rally till it's folly, and I'll earn 8K's key fob. I mean, first of all, musically speaking, this is flawless, like late 70s, early 80s, thinks it's extremely clever product. Um, Yes. But lyrically and structurally, like the song Qua the Song is pretty clever, but the cleverest cleverest aspect of it as a song in documentary now is the shining of a light on the gap between how clever the lyrics think they are and how clever they actually are and the performance of it by Goldsberry and the, the spots she chooses to oversing in this fairly twee, it's like a B, B plus like symbology set where she chooses to like open up the belt and then she's sort of like when you're watching it her eyes like slide over to the camera like "Uh uh-huh it's so good it's just this like i mean it's making fun of it but it's the way you make fun of someone that you love yes and there's just something about this like the way it's written and the way the place that it would be in a show this is like the sort of aspirational um faster ballad of an act one i I mean i just i think it's really great and it's great enough that i who don't care for this form uh really like just admire it and also love it in part because it's like, isn't this a 
you know, aren't these silly things that happen in musicals and the making of them? And for me to be like, let's talk about this <laughs> genre <laughs> that, that you were like, Koa, what, because you hated it? And I was like, well, no. I mean, <laughs> I was just like, look, let's just talk about it and see what happens. I, I just think it's, it's great. I absolutely recommend the whole series. I watch a ton of documentaries. I've seen all the ones that like they're riffing on and the riffs. They're extremely good. But this, I just really thought was like astounding because there are so many levels yes. within levels. I've been talking a really long time. Mark, you talk now. It's... um. One of the things that I think is astonishing about this entire episode, and I'm glad that we're talking about the music specifically, because obviously the episode itself is hilarious, and the pitch-perfect recreation of the Elaine Stritch breakdown (laughs) is a work of pure (laughs) and everlasting genius. Yeah. But musically... Paul Shear's giant fake sideburns and how... And just Paula Pell just being like, I really have to go. Um, But musically speaking, what I think is so excellent about Mm. this, and you touched on it earlier when you said it's a loving parody. Because parody is, it it doesn't play something crueler. This this song is just shitty enough to make you appreciate how good the good versions of this trope are yeah like the the it is you can it's like this is a like eli bolin who is the composer of this uh score who wrote it along with seth myers and uh john mulaney is so he's very talented and he has written uh good music and good musicals like he doesn't write shitty musicals so he's good in but it's like he is able to play the character of a talented but not quite talented enough composer so that you can hear how it is it's like a mediocre version of something great Uh, well and who like like who ends a line with lobs yeah and it's nobody nobody wants that the audience doesn't want that you can hear goldsberry's character being like i don't like this (laughs) i don't and the 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 tortured use of a tennis joke in every yes. single line girl and it's what, just like what lit. a fine line it is between this done well and this done badly it's like a couple of word choices and that that we heard at the well, end of the clip is like what what you doing well <laughs> Stop doing if it. i may i'd like to now step over into an extended rupaul's drag race metaphor to make a larger point finally jesus so Sasha Velour, at the end of her season, changed the game in a way when she did that lip sync to uh, So Emotional. Is it, It's So Emotional, right? Yeah. I think so. Where she raises her wig and the rose petals fall out. <laughs> and this revelation that she'd had rose petals under her wig is incredible. And you look back and it's, it's, it's astonishing. But then for the next two seasons including the most recent season of Drag Race, queens have come out there and done these big revelations in their costumes that don't work. And it just goes to show you that they didn't understand what was making Sasha Velour's performance work. It was that 
her revelation of those rose petals was built into a larger story that she was telling through the lip sync because she's building us up to that. She's got rose petals inside each glove. There is an emotional arc to why she's doing it. Like the, the, the revelations serve a story about a character breaking down. So similarly in this song, clearly the, the, the fictional writer of this song has heard songs like a little priest from Sweeney Todd, also by Stephen Sondheim, Mm -hmm. where he is able to make joke after joke after joke about the, meat pies that are made of people and you if you want to if you want something cheap and dark try the financier um and then that that looks pretty bank well he drank it's a bank cashier never really sold maybe it was old uh it's just like these little jokes about the personality of the food or the 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 quality of the food matches the personality of the person who's been cooked into the food it's fucking brilliant and you you realize that when someone hears that and they're mediocre, they write a song like this where they just keep making tennis puns and they don't get that Sondheim was able to do something really elevated with it where it's the, the double meanings are also revealing things about the glee that the characters are taking and being cannibals and like, right. And well, and I, it's that um, principle that um, past guest Adam Grossworth and, had told me once in the context of cop rock whatever uh that uh like you you have to believe in a musical that whatever emotion is being felt must be expressed through song and dance and mere like spoken stagecraft will not do so when there's a song like this that is like proceeding sort of backwards from the showy show-offy wordplay instead of being felt uh, up to that wordplay, that's the difference. Exactly. Because I think that's what Sweeney you're saying. Ta- I could be wrong. Sweeney Todd and Mrs. Lovett have to have verbal badinage about cannibalism in this moment because they're so delighted by their own evil. And right. they are celebrating each other's maliciousness through this verbal dexterity and musical dexterity. And then in co-op... It's just, I'm going to make a lot of tennis puns. But then, like you've been saying, it's wrapped around this shitty song is this larger awareness of what is being done, which is so brilliant because clearly the the ability to write a shitty song this specifically proves that the people who have done it are actually brilliant because they really understand why things work and mm-hmm. don't work. And, and and it's like you said too. This song is actually not bad. It's 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 this like you said. The, the the line is so thin because the song still needs to be good enough that I want to hear it. Because a ham fisted inelegant parody would have been a bad song, which makes me think well, of Family Guy. And the performance I think is critical yes. as well because you have the way it's built, but um, you also have that this is an expert. Like, you know, she has a beautiful instrument, but she's also, like, been in these rooms in front of these um, music stands, um, getting these, like, (laughs) shitheady notes (laughs) from the guy who wrote the book. Being like, actually, I I don't think it's clear. Like, can you maybe make a little gesture so that people know what a lob is or whatever his note was? Like, that she, even when you're not, seeing it which of course you listeners are not 
that you can tell that there are she's trying to maximize what this song can do for her on this recording while also despising the song for what it isn't and that is really a lot of story to get into one song it's the story of the song it's the story of the failure of this production it's the story of this actor trying to get something out of it while also like battling creatively with the book and lyrics team Uh, like it's there's so and it's much. also the story it's also the story of the people who wrote the episode and their relationship to musical theater like it's so and many to things. documentaries and to documentaries about like failed productions or successful productions like uh, i'm obsessed with um and, and it that also, genre I, too this level of craft in a parody takes it takes us uh, uh, an episode like this so far beyond mere cleverness yeah they aren't just making this to show that they can mimic the style of something like you said they really understand they like they the the, what better way to celebrate this than to acknowledge its ridiculousness in a way that also underscores that you love it enough to have paid careful attention yeah exactly and i I think that's true of all documentary now episodes and there's one there was one in this season um i forget the name of it in the season but uh it was a parody of uh, Marina Abramovich. Oh my God, the Kate Blanchett one. Yes, holy shit! And it's just so perfect. It's so good, and even the way it's shot, like physically, the way it looks. I mean, they're they're really they have studied this. They talk to people who know what they're talking about. They get actors who get it, but this one in particular is just a um, meta tapestry that also never stands back from itself to be like look what we did ever yeah and it must have been extremely tempting and they would have earned it but they don't do it and that's another thing that makes this fucking great i think seriously like they they play the stakes only for the stakes of the circumstances within the fictional world they do not wrap a wink around it again they don't do what family guy always does which i just love family guy to me is the poster child for how to do this incorrectly at almost every turn. <laughs> um, you pulled a another clip, thing. I want you pulled a like um, clip within a clip. Yes, because I needed to get, as I was saying to you earlier, I needed to get super deep in a way similar to the way that I got deep on our Mac the Knife episode. Uh huh. So the other song that I feel like you must talk about here is, uh, Oh, I'm, I'm, is it, it's holiday party Holiday I party think. parenthesis. I did a little cocaine. T- oh no, excuse me. Virgule. I did a little cocaine tonight. Yes. Holiday party. I did a little cocaine tonight, which is the Emmy nominated song from this episode. The Emmys are happening in late September. So by the time you hear this, we'll probably be about a month away from the Emmys. Um, that is a very specific parody of a song from Company, the Sondheim musical that, of course, inspired this entire thing called Not Getting Married Today. And Not Getting Married Today is a brilliant song because of the way that it illustrates the character Amy's anxiety about why she shouldn't get married. In the course of a single song, you know, you realize that she thinks that she herself might be shitty and doesn't deserve to be married. She she thinks that marriage itself is an institution that might destroy her 
And she feels the pressure of the cultural expectation of marriage all around her, which is embodied by this character who keeps popping up and singing beautiful church hymns about marriage and faith. So that is a great topic for a song. It's so well executed in company. It's one of Stephen Sondheim's, I think, signature songs. And then in co-op, the whole thing gets downgraded into the much more base and grotesque anxiety of a man who is at a Christmas party, but he's done a lot of coke and he's really worried that people are going to see that he's fucked up out of his mind, which is already such great comedy, like taking something elevated and diminishing it like that, but still executing it. Well, that is the seed of a lot of great comedy anyway. And Stephen Sondheim was already doing that because he's taking these really beautiful hymns and then shoving them into the uh, context of cold feet. And that's already like a degradation that makes things funny. And then to further degrade it, to make it funny again, it's just mind bogglingly wonderful. So the clip that I've created for you is two clips in one. You're first going to hear a snippet of the song, not getting married today from the mid nineties revival of company. And you're going to hear the actress V Cox performing as Amy. She's a wonderful actress in many things. And then we're going to transition into Alex Brightman, who's currently starring in Beetlejuice the Musical on Broadway, doing the I Just Did a Little Cocaine parody. Uh, Here we go. Amy, Paul can't find his good cufflinks. On the dresser. Right next to my suicide note. Listen, everybody, look, I don't know what you're waiting for. A wedding, what's a wedding? It's a prehistoric ritual where everybody promises fidelity forever, which is maybe the most horrifying word I ever heard, and which is followed by a honeymoon where suddenly you'll realize he's saddled with a nut and want to kill me, which is should. So listen, thanks a bunch, but I'm not getting married. Go have lunch, because I'm not getting married. You've been grand, but I'm not getting married. Don't just stand there, I'm not getting married. And don't tell Paul, but I'm not getting married today. You go, why is nobody listening? Goodbye, go and cry at another person's wake. If you're quick for a kick, you could pick up a christening. But please, on my knees, there's a human life at stake. You waited and I jugged down a sherry. The whole room is spinning and I want to take a knee. But instead I'll sneak a bump as I hide behind the tree. I'm really very sorry that I can't stop talking. I'm so very sorry for my chirping and my squawking. But the fact of the matter is, I did a little cocaine tonight. started real and they kept getting realer I started running low so I called up my dealer 20 minutes later the apartment door was buzzing when my dealer came in I said he was my cousin I didn't think it through and I realized I've been reckless cause my dealer is a stealer and he left with a necklace I truly am regretting that I did a little cocaine tonight oh man here comes Anne she's the athlete from 12G she's the knees of the bees always making eyes at me it would seem such a dream if I asked her for a dance but I just blew a rail and I'm gonna shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so first and of all, again sidebar. is the actor being like, pets, like, uh, yeah, uh-huh. I know. like, yeah. Sidebar, um, shout out to my former college classmate, Meredith Clark, who is one of the women singing the Christmas carols in this little segment. Yeah, I uh, she- forgot that this, that the, um, carolers 
were that direct an homage to that section. That's awesome. Yeah. It's just so fucking Let me brilliant. Also and add I also Mr. Steven Sondheim and I share a birthday. Oh, hello. Hey. Ooh. It's also just really awesome because Meredith Clark, we all knew from the jump in college that she was really great and she has had a wonderful career in the musical theater. And this is just the latest in uh, an impressive series of highlights for her. So, hey, Meredith, good on you, girl. One of the things that I also think is so great here is that the cocaine terminology is correct. Uh huh. Like, I just blew a rail and I think I'm going to shit my pants. I mean, <laughs> yes. And that that's that's the big belt line that's such a it's just everything that we were talking about like it's funny but it doesn't know it's funny um it's it's poorly done but it doesn't know it's poorly done so it's amazingly done and at no time uh are the lyricist or the singer or anyone involved tempted to be like oh no we know it's shitty like they just count on you to keep up and yes. I think that I don't know company very well at all. You know, I like I saw oh the documentary. I... It was like 10 years ago, whatever. So, right. Uh, but this still worked for me, like what they're doing and the difficulty of it. And the fact that it's still really fun, like that. It's not something that you only admire on a technical level. Right. Uh, is really something. Well, and I have seen Company five times in my life, including most recently just six months ago when I saw it in London, where the newest iteration of Company now has Bobby, the lead male character, being replaced by a woman. So it's B-O-B-B-I-E now. And Amy, who is anxious about getting married, is now a gay male character named Jamie. Uh, And I think it actually unlocks something in this show that reminds us that it's not actually just stuck in the 70s. It really has a lot to say about alienation, isolation, and connection. Uh That's for another time. But the... I love the fact that you don't know company as well, but that you still love this because it just is a testament to how good this work is. And the fact that you had seen the original documentary obviously helps. But um, I also was thinking about other great musical parodies like the south park movie for instance Mm -hmm. or the episode of the simpsons where they do the streetcar named desire musical (laughs) and i was thinking about obviously those are great i mean the end of that episode of the simpsons where she says i've always depended on the kindness of strangers and then the entire company goes you can always depend on the kindness of strangers (laughs) Like, <laughs> and it's like actually pretty catchy and you're like oh it dear is. this is this like, is really wrong but it's also perfect and, and they've animated their little like shuck and jive choreography so perfectly oh, but God. what gives this the extra level of uh genius is that it is they're, they're obviously those the south park movie the simpsons episode they're wonderful and they deeply understand musicals and they parody them with a lot of heart and a lot of skill but the the manic focus of something like co-op is so insane and impressive to me. Yeah. I mean, like, I could keep talking about most of the rest of the songs, like the very first song, Christmas Tips. Yeah, oh my God. And Richard Kind, who, it just... It, the the fact that in the in the episode the whole plot point is that he doesn't have the breath control to sing it uh-huh. and that even on the cast recording he doesn't have the breath control to sing it he, it's just no he doesn't perfect. and 
there is this um i don't know what this tracks to like what the company analog is but um it reminds me of stories that uh you used to hear about zero mustel mm. and how mm-hmm. like y- you had to have him in funny thing happened on on the way to the forum the movie but he was just like literally so out of shape that they had to rewrite and rebuild whole sets so that there would not be stairs involved. Right. <laughs> but it's zero mustel. So d- like, that's what are what you going to do? do? And he's just sort of like audibly gasping and you could see this vein in his forehead. And it's like, this is a movie. Uh, you could, you could have retaken it. No, it was a different time. So yeah. And that that is an extremely clever song that, goes into everyone who has ever lived in a doorman building's anxieties about that. And, and then if see. you don't tip the doorman well enough, he's going to start spreading your gossip yes. everywhere. Yes, I watch your lives and I keep a <laughs> and- journal. And that's another example that I like just the scansion of that. I keep a journal line is like, <laughs> this is why this musical failed. Cause you don't, you don't oh, have then, an ear for how people have to sing things. Yeah. <laughs> and if someone's and then, not a really good singer and can't cover your bets, this is what you end up with. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And then the half-assed metaphor in the last song yeah. of everyone going up in the elevator and they're stuck in the elevator. And the joke is like, well, I was going down, but look, this elevator's going up. I'll stay in it. And then the doorman at one point, it's like, I wanted to be an actor. <laughs> it's just because, right, this is supposed to be the moment in the show where we found the unifying metaphor where we can see into the souls of all the yeah, characters simultaneously. Yeah, but it doesn't work. And then there's but it doesn't one work at all. opportunity where they had an opportunity for a rhyme. It was like something to do with penthouse and going up and you think there's going to be this like sprung rhythm thing that Sondheim would have pulled off effortlessly and then they just abandon it and go back to the chorus and you're like, that that is like, <laughs> what's that expression like? that's so good i want to hit something like (laughs) it really is like now and then i would just pause it and be like i'm i'm actually like a little angry that that has now been created and (laughs) like i have no shot at that i mean it's just yeah now like for those of you who are listening let me just take documentary now's dick out of my mouth and say (laughs) you should watch this it really is this good and if you don't agree i would love to hear why just kidding i wouldn't (laughs) um i i concur you should absolutely track this down both on netflix and on the streaming uh music option and platform of your choice for those of you who would like to hear also a couple of examples of these types of musical theater strategies being employed well um obviously the song not getting married from company the song that i talked about a little priest from sweeney todd i would also encourage you to listen to the score to Fun Home by uh, yes. Janine Tesori and Lisa Crone. There's a song on there called Ring of Keys that is so good at what home court is bad at. Ring of <laughs> Keys is a brilliant song at taking very specific concrete details and turning them into metaphors. Uh, and so is the song on that album, uh, on that cast recording, Changing My Major, where a young girl has her first sexual experience with another woman She's, they're both in college, and she decides that she's going to change her major to Joan, this name, which is the name of the girl she has slept with. And she's singing this song while Joan is still asleep in her bed, and she is making all of these 
references to studying, but she's applying them to Joan. Like, I want to run my hands down her spine and her well-finished outline and whatever. But it's like the it's the perfect iteration. Changing my major. I would not what... be surprised. I haven't seen that musical. I read the book, like the actual book that it's based on. Yeah. And um, I've heard Ring of Keys. I, th- I feel like that was like around at Tony's time. Yes, it was. So I would not be surprised if the creative team behind co-op took ring of keys and like literally put up like one of those crazy walls that you see in a police procedural and was like, let's figure out exactly how this works and knock out four elements. And then we'll have the shitty version. (laughs) Like, mm -hmm. So seriously, listen to ring of keys and listening to changing my major and then listen again to uh, home court and see, Oh yeah. Okay. And then once again, Marvel at as you should anyway, because she's her voice and she are gorgeous and this is really she should get a like guest emmy for this i think because it's really extraordinary how and she's I do just hope. like the 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 rendition of the word lobs is like that's an <laughs> emmy in a word uh, so good well sarah thank you so much for bringing this slightly left field but absolutely wonderful selection to the show i have really loved Digging back into it, thinking about it, talking about it. Uh, it really only needed one thing, and you know what that is. Yvonne Elliman. Oh, God. Maybe on tour. Yeah. I mean, I do know how to love co-op, so maybe someday. Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship and Sarah D. Bunting and edited by Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. Need to talk to Mark and Sarah about song requests, ads, or birthday readings? Email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com, tweet us at talksongs, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. To become a supporter and producer of the podcast, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash mastass. And as always, thank you for listening. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.